Hey ladies, welcome back to the show. I am your host, Trisha Stefankowitz, and I'm a registered dietitian nutritionist. On our episode today, I want to talk about this idea about protein. Protein has become the new hype of the fitness industry, and I get a lot of questions about protein. And when I did a Google search about protein, there is about 700,000 Google searches about protein powder and about 300,000 Google searches for protein-rich foods. And so I know it's something that you may have questions about too. I had done a quick podcast episode about 170 episodes ago about protein, and I feel like even since that time, I get more and more questions about it. So I wanted to address some of these questions here today. One caveat, though, is that I am I am somewhere with family, and there's lots of kids, and I'm trying to record, and so I'm recording in a bathroom, and there is a little bit of echoing, so I'm going to try to see if I can get rid of that, but please keep listening, because I think there's a lot of really good content here, Um, and hopefully you're able to kind of get around the echoing. So as women, why I think protein is important is that we focus or have focused so much of our life on the calories that we consume in a day. And by doing that, we often don't see the comp- the composition of the foods that we're eating. And so we focus more on the number of calories than the actual like makeup of the foods consumed. But it's really important to have a general idea of what you're eating Um, what the composition of and what the food you're eating is made up of so that you can start to feel your best. It's not, you know, it's not that we want, I want you to obsess about being on a 1500 calorie diet. What I want you to really focus on is to focus on how you feel and what's meeting your needs. I don't want you to be in a place that you're like, okay, I only have four points left for the day, or I only have 200 calories left for the day and I still have I still have dinner to get through because that's not at all taking into account what I think works best is your hunger and satiety cues so if you're able to really start thinking about these um, the things that your body needs and how you feel when you consume them then I you know that might help you a little bit in terms of redirecting how you think about what you're putting into your body so that you're not focused on just a calorie level you're focused on the nutrition of what you're eating. So if we're talking about in a calorie level, right, 1500 calories can look like different things. So for one person, they could be eating a 1500 calorie diet and it could look like you're having fluctuations in your blood sugar. Um, So your mood might be affected, your blood sugar may be high and low, you may feel hungry and never full. Or you could be somebody who is eating a 1500 calorie diet and your blood sugar stays more stable, you have less cravings and you feel more satiety. And so one of the things and one of the reasons why I believe it's important to really focus on these macronutrients is because this is what's going to help you and your body. It's going to help you kind of learn what your body needs. And it's also going to be optimal in trying to decide and individualize um, 
what you need as opposed to somebody, what somebody else needs. There's a lot of, there's just a lot of stuff out there right now about protein that it's a lot of like fitness industry telling you that you need protein. There's a lot of marketing for high protein supplements. There's like added protein to normal food items that probably you don't even really need the extra protein. And so I think people have become really obsessive and maybe disordered. There might be some disorder around the idea of eating protein and only protein. And I think sometimes when people are snacking on things and they're eating protein, it's seen as like far superior than eating carbohydrates almost. So that's why I wanted to spend some time today talking about protein, why it's necessary, the kinds of protein, um, how much protein is necessary daily, and also if you need more protein when you're engaging in workouts, and some things to think about when you if you feel like you need to increase the protein that you're consuming. So why is it that protein has become like the media darling? Well, protein is and serves as a really essential um, macronutrient in our bodies. So when we talk about macronutrients, again, it's your carbohydrates, your fat, and your protein. So you have 20 different amino acids in your body, And these amino acids form chains that then form proteins. So of the 20 amino acids, you have 11 of them that your body makes, and you have nine of them that you have to get from foods. And so when you're thinking about this makeup of these different different amino acids, they form chains and they make a protein. And so you're going to have different forms of the amino acids that are going to function differently in your body. So the goal is to get a variety of protein sources so that you're able to get all the, so that you're able to get enough variety that your body gets enough protein so that it can do all the functions that your body needs. So like carbohydrates and fat, protein is used to help fuel your body and it also has and and has and does many, many important functions. So some of the things that you're going to hear about protein that you probably already know about protein is that they are considered the building blocks for muscle. We also will talk about how it's needed to repair and build and maintain your bones, muscles, skin, tissue, and hair. Protein as you get older, especially over 40, becomes important. And so we'll talk about that um, as we continue this episode. Protein can act as a source of energy for cells. So also um, carbs will do that and fat will do that, but protein does that too. You need proteins for hormone regulation You need proteins for important enzymes to do what they need to do in your body. You need protein for most cells to function. You need protein for immune health. So if you are somebody who is in the hospital or if you are somebody who is immunocompromised, then protein is important for you to maintain the immune function so that your body can fight off diseases um, and like colds, things like that. You need protein to help maintain 
if you're somebody who has blood sugar issues such as prediabetes or diabetes, protein is helpful because it can help maintain blood sugar and keep it stable. You will need protein to help um, get stronger so that you can recover your muscles appropriately after exercise. And one of the things I think most people eat protein for is to aid in weight loss and weight maintenance by helping curve cravings, provide satiety, and maintain lean body mass. So one of the things I know that you probably all know, but I want to kind of talk about what protein is. Um, So I talk about protein all the time because I am a dietitian that works in dialysis, and a lot of these patients are once they're on dialysis, their protein needs are higher than they would be if they weren't on dialysis. And so because these patients tend to be more at risk for infection, protein is something that we really try to optimize with patients. And so I get a lot of questions about protein, even from them. So I feel like I wanted to kind of dig into that a little bit deeper too. So some of your animal, because you're going to get protein from animal sources and you're going to get per, you're going to get protein from plant sources and there's no one that's better than the other um you know the the goal of it is that you have a variety so that you can get some complete proteins and incomplete proteins and just that your body gets what it needs but some animal sources of protein include lean meat poultry fish shellfish pork dairy eggs and egg whites Some plant-based sources would be like your whole grains, your nutritional yeast, your seeds, your nuts, your nut butters. Um, I think probably one that most people do is like soy, soy products. So that could be in the form of like soy yogurt or tofu or seitan or a tempeh product. Um, You can get it from lentils and beans, roasted chickpeas, things like that is where you're going to get a lot of your protein-rich sources. Um, If you're a vegan, you can also get protein from tofu. We, We did talk about tofu, but also quinoa and buckwheat. So, you know, remembering that whether you're, if you're a vegan or somebody who doesn't eat animal products, you're going to probably have to make sure that you get a pretty good variety to get some the necessary proteins that you need. If you're somebody who eats animal products, you're going to probably be able to get that um, the protein amount that you need um, from your animal products. But either way, the goal is to be able to mix and match and to kind of be able to get your protein needs based on whatever your preference is in, um, in eating. Because protein gets really tricky because it can be like there's environmental factors. So people may not want to eat protein because of the beef and its harm on um, on the environment. There could be animal humanitarian kind of concerns that you have about protein. And so you may have different things that you like to consume when it comes to protein. And there's no right or wrong. I think that you can get what you need in a protein source that fits your outlook on life and that fits your whatever stance you have on animal versus non-animal products. But the more important thing is that you have a wide array of different proteins so that you can get the complete proteins that your body needs. Now, when it comes to protein intake, what you require and how much you require 
The main thing when it comes to protein is going to be based on your body weight. So typically, the more you weigh, the more protein you need. But there's other variables too, depending on your age, if you're male or female, how active you are. If you're more active, you're probably going to need more protein. And if you have some kind of health condition present, that may also require you to have more protein, like I was telling you about my dialysis patients. The minimum requirement for protein is that you consume anywhere between 0.8 to 1 gram of protein per kilo of body weight. So I see lots of lots of things out there about how much protein you need. Um, the way that I was trained is that you take your current body weight, you divide it if you are somebody who does it in pounds. So you're really going to try to figure out how many how many grams of protein you need per kilo. So if you're doing pounds, you would you would say, for example, if you weighed 200 pounds, you would divide that by 2.2 so that you got how many kilos you are and then times that by 0.8 and that would let you know the minimum amount of protein that you need in a day. And in that case, that would be about 70 grams of protein. If you're somebody who weighed 250 pounds, you would divide that by 2.2 to get how many kilos you need and then times that by 0.8 and that comes up about 80 grams of protein or so. So you can see that the more you weigh, the more protein that you need. And these are just like estimates because again, every, like depending on where you are in your life, um, and we'll kind of go through this, your protein requirement may be different. If you were somebody who was, and this is probably an easier way to really think about it. If you're somebody who's doing Lose It or My Fitness Pal, and you just type in your height and weight and it comes up and it tells you how many calories you need in a day, how much protein you need in a day, how many carbs and fat you need in a day. Basically what that does is it translate into that 50% of the calories that you need in a day is going to come in the form of a carbohydrate, that 30% of the calories that you consume in a day are going to come from fat, and about 20% of that is going to come in the form of protein. And so this minimum requirement kind of takes that into account that it's really saying that about 20% and you can do higher than that, but about 20% of your calories are going to come from protein. Now, some of the, some of the things that are going to cause your protein intake to be higher is going to be your hormones. So typically if you are a postmenopausal or, um, premenopausal or postmenopausal, menopausal in general. So typically that's going to be someone like in their late thirties, perhaps you're perimenopausal or postmenopausal and you're earlier or later, you know, earlier than that. But it typically starts in this age range of 40 to 50 years old. And usually as you start to go through some of these hormonal changes, you're going to be at risk for losing muscle mass as you age because of fluctuating hormone levels. And so to help combat that, what you can do is to increase your protein intake. And you would probably only increase it 
by a little bit. So your minimum requirement would be about one to 1.2 grams per kilo per body weight. So if you're that same person and we're saying, oh, you weigh 200 pounds, you divide that by 2.2 and then you times it by one, you're going to need about 90 grams of protein. If you're somebody who's 140 pounds, divide that by 2.2 times it by one, you're going to need about 65 grams of protein. If you're somebody who weighs 170 pounds, you divide that by 2.2 times it by one, you're going to need about 75 grams of protein. And so typically, if you are going through those hormonal changes, you need to be able to consume a little bit more protein to preserve the lean body mass that you have at present. That's going to start to um, maybe disappear or it's going to start to have some fluctuations or changes in your body mass because of the hormonal fluctuations. I think I talk about this. Um, I have a freebie that I'll list in the show notes about like five things you can do today if you're over 40. And it talks about that in there. It talks about this idea of making sure you're getting calcium and vitamin D, protein, all of that is important when it comes to preserving your lean body mass. Now, who is typically going to be someone who needs to consume more protein, right? It's not going to be like your everyday person. It's going to be your person who is, um, you maybe are somebody who is a heavy lifter. Maybe you're somebody who does CrossFit. Maybe you're a professional athlete. Um, If you are somebody who is, who is pregnant or who is breastfeeding, you're going to be someone who needs more protein. And who's going to be someone who doesn't require as much? Well, that's going to be somebody who is has any kind of like liver or kidney dysfunction. Maybe you're somebody who is pre-dialysis and you're considered like CKD or chronic kidney disease. Then you're probably not going to need as much protein as you probably think that you need. Now, when we're talking about like working out, let's talk about protein in this sense. So typically, if you are working out, then you're going to eat, you're going to need to eat a combo of macronutrients. So you're going to need to make sure that you're eating carbohydrates and proteins to help support the muscle growth that you're trying to mean that you're trying to get from working out in the first place. So let's talk about this. When you eat in general, your body breaks everything down into energy and whatever your body doesn't use, it's stored in your body. And some of that stuff that's stored, so any of the extra calories that you consume in a day, because you don't live in a vacuum, so some days you're going to have more calories than you need, and other days you're going to have less, and sometimes you're going to have like just the right amount. So on the days that you have a little bit more than you need, that your body needs, and when it's done using it for everything that your body needs, it will store those calories in your muscles as something called glycogen. And so when you start to work out, the body taps into your muscles and it uses up this glycogen as you start breaking down the muscle that, you, that, you're, that you're doing by working out. And so after a workout, you need to be able to replete this glycogen so that you can help rebuild the muscle and stimulate muscle growth. So muscle, when it's, so everything is broken down into energy. It is stored in the muscles 
And when you start working out, your body taps into that. It utilizes what it needs so that if you have a a very strenuous workout, you may be depleted. And so you need to be able to replace carbohydrates and protein after a meal so that you can restore that um, energy that that is no longer there because you've depleted it with the workout. So that's not going to be typically like somebody who's doing like an hour of walking or, you know, it's, it's going to be, you're going to probably have to eat after you work out, but the more strenuous it is, the more you're going to have to eat in the terms of protein. And so what we're really talking about is like, if you're somebody who is, um, lifting weights, well, lifting weights, we know that you're probably going to have to increase the amount of protein that you're doing because um, of the type of activity that you're doing. And so if you are trying to rebuild and restore this muscle, um, you know, to try to gain muscle mass, then you're going to need to eat protein after you work out. And the general recommendation, I think, is about like up to like 30 grams, like 15 I see different variations. It can be up to like 20 to 40 grams or 15 to 30 grams of protein. So the more, the most important thing to do is that if you're, if you feel like you've had a pretty heavy workout to make sure that you're eating some protein and some carbohydrates after that meal to help restore that energy that was in your muscles that you've now taken out. The general recommendation is that you can do it for a couple hours after you eat a meal, but that if you ate before you exercised, you may not need as much protein. Um, you may not need as much protein afterwards because you're already still tapping into some of the the energy and some of the um, some of the macronutrients that you ate before you exercise. Now, if you're somebody who is engaging in something that's like a high endurance sport, like if you're a runner and you run endurance or you're biking and you're biking for a long bike rides, well, then you're really going to have to make sure that you replete enough carbohydrates to replete those glycogen stores. And so for all of you, if you're working out and you feel like you're working out pretty heavy, I would always just kind of make sure that you eat some kind of post-workout meal within a few hours after you exercise so that when you've replete, since you've depleted the carbohydrates, Um, and you're trying to have your body rebuild from all that you've done, that you eat something that has carbohydrates and protein in it. Now, some of the more common things I feel like people will eat to try to get enough protein and carbohydrates after they exercise would be like eggs and egg whites and avocado on like a whole grain bread. So the egg in itself is going to have about six grams of protein. The egg white's going to have about three to four. Um, and then your bread, depending on what kind of bread you have, may also have protein in it. And remember, like if you're having one egg, that's only six grams of protein. But if you're having two eggs and maybe an egg white, you're going to be able to get more protein in that way. You could be somebody who likes to eat cottage cheese or Greek yogurt. Both of those are great sources of protein. Um, The reason why I say Greek yogurt is because it has more protein in it. It also has some fat in it. And I think your body probably needs that too. And cottage cheese has has a pretty decent amount of protein in it. And then to kind of consume a fruit there to get your carbohydrates so that you can start repleting that glycogen or that glucose that was lost during your exercise. 
Um, protein shakes are something that people consume as well. So you could do that and add some fruit or veggies or something to that to maximize your protein intake. Um, and you could do, you know, with anything that you're eating, you can add like a quarter cup of almonds because that's another six grams of protein. So I think it's whatever works for you. I have no judgment in this game of like, you know, that one source of protein is better. I think the idea is that you can get as many sources and that you're meeting your protein needs, but that you're also utilizing fat and carbohydrates too, because your body needs all of them. And I think a really like quick and dirty way that you can really start to figure out if you're eating enough protein would be to look at your plate and visualize it. And typically you want to have about like half of your plate as veggies, a quarter of a quarter of it as starch and a quarter of it as a protein source. So as long as you're eating protein with most meals, I think you're probably doing okay. But just for reference, I want to tell you about how just for a couple items, how much protein is in them. So if you're eating um, a quarter cup of almonds, that's about six grams of protein. If you're eating uh, a can of like albacore tuna, that's 19 grams of protein. If you're eating a salmon that is three ounces, you're eating about 26 grams of protein. And if you're eating three ounces of chicken, you're eating about 24 grams of protein. So you'll see like the the fishes, the meat, the chicken is probably going to give you more protein. But if you're someone who doesn't eat dairy products, Certainly you can have whole grains and kiwa and buckwheat and nuts and seeds and tofu and combine that together that you can certainly meet your protein needs in doing that too. A lot of times I hear like, what is better, protein, powder, or real food? And again, I think that really just depends on you and how what your values are. If you're somebody who doesn't want to consume processed foods, then you're probably going to be somebody who leans more on consuming these whole food sources of protein. Um, If you're somebody who is worried about the environment, then you may not eat beef and you may not eat poultry. And so it's really just taking into account what works for you depending on what it is and what values that you have. Um, if you're somebody who really likes to like weight train and you're somebody who is, you know, like, so first I would say if you're a consistent regular exerciser, you're probably going to need more protein than most people would, especially if you're over 40. So I would say if if you're over 40 and you're a woman, so I would say you probably need at least 1.1 grams of, um, protein per per kilogram of body weight. Um, if you are somebody who's a heavy weight lifter, you're going to need more than that too. You could go up to 1.7 grams per kilogram. And so, you know, again, these requirements are all a general guideline. There are going to be days when you are eating more protein. There are days when you're going to be eating less. And there are going to be days that you are kind of stable in terms of what you consume. And that's that's okay. That's that's the way that life is. But the bigger thing is if that you're a woman over 40 and you are either postmenopausal or premenopausal and you feel like you exercise pretty consistently, I would make sure that you are consuming, you know, you're going to be somebody, if you don't weigh that much, you're going to probably need 
at least a minimum of, let me see here, I'm going to go back and look what I wrote. You're going to be at least somebody who needs about 65 grams a day, if not more. Um, again, you're going to take your body weight divided by 2.2 times that by at least one and make sure that that's the amount of protein that you get in a day. And you could, you're going to fit into one or two categories. You're going to be somebody who you are probably already getting enough protein, or you're going to be somebody who really just eat, eats a lot more carbs than you thought, which is totally fine. But that composition may be interfering with how much protein you're getting. And so you would want to just kind of tweak some of the things that you're eating or make sure that you put a little bit of protein in every meal so that you can get what you need. So the whole goal here is not to focus on just protein, that you're focusing on all of these macronutrients so that you're focusing on that you're getting carbs, that you're getting protein, and that you're getting fat, that you're not getting like, that you don't feel like that you're really running low in one or the other, that you're kind of hitting a little bit more where you need to be. When I started teaching women about protein years ago, I would be like, hey, you have to get all these grams of protein. And most of them couldn't do it. Their body just didn't require it. And so I want you to remember that even when we're doing these calculations, there's days when I can't get that amount, but I may not need that amount that particular day. But what I notice is, is that at least if I'm getting you know, some of that amount or that I'm conscious about getting some protein with meals, that I'm a little bit more able to manage my hunger, my cravings, and it can also help me maintain my blood sugar for a longer period of time. So it's not like you're always going to be able to meet that goal. The goal is, is that you're having um, all of those macronutrients and that you're not getting rid of, that you're not eating any carbs because you're trying to get your protein, right? That you're able to do and get all the things that you need so that your body can function at its best. I want to emphasize here that you're not healthier because you eat more protein um, because I don't want you to get in this place that you are, that you become obsessed about protein or that it becomes disordered. And I feel like this is what I'm kind of seeing with this idea of protein is like how, you know, carbs were the enemy and then fat was the enemy and now protein is like this like savior. But again, it's not that you need one of those, you need all three of those in order for your body to function the way it's meant to be. Um, if you're a very heavy lifter or you do a lot of physical activity, knowing that you just might need to increase that a little bit more than if you're not doing those things. One of the things I don't know if people know is that if you're utilizing a high protein diet, that also requires an increase in water intake. So I want you to be extra careful about looking at any signs of dehydration because your protein intake is high and it might be even higher than you need it to be. And so looking at your urine, trying to figure out if it's dark colored, if you're feeling thirsty, all of those kinds of things. Because with increased protein, you also need to increase your water intake. Again, it's all about like having a balance. It's not that you're trying to have more one macronutrient and less of something else. You're just trying to kind of get like a balance that you're eating like veggies and fruit and carbohydrate and fat and protein at, at least at each meal or if not throughout the day. You don't want to be eating where you're just eating all carbs. You don't want to be eating just all protein and a little bit of fat. You want to be able to eat a variety so that you can get what your body needs. 
And also that like, it doesn't matter how much protein you're eating. If you're eating like too much of any of those things, that's going to lead to a disproportion in your calories. And so some of the things that like some of the theories why people's protein intake has gotten higher over the years is that there could also be this like idea that people are in general are eating more calories and by eating more calories that is also subsequently increasing protein intake. So I don't really know how you feel about that. I mean, I think it's just probably on a case by case basis, but just kind of thinking about that if weight loss is something that is your goal. And I just want to remind you that these are all like general recommendations that you may not require as many grams of protein as this formula is telling you, because really it's going to be about listening to your body and what your body needs. And I've told you that like I have women and I'm like, oh, you need this many grams of protein. And they're like, well, I can't get that. And they do fine without it because maybe they don't need it because they're not as physically active, right? And they're not doing some of the things that may be requiring them to break down that lean body mass. And so everybody is different. Again, it's very individualized for you. When it comes to protein deficiency, things to look for would be if you're lifting and you are you feel like your muscles are really sore and tired, if you feel weak, if you constantly feel hungry, if you get sick often, that could be a sign that maybe you're not getting enough protein. One of the easiest ways is to check your check your nails and your hair. And that's usually where people say like, oh, I notice my nails are breaking easily or my hair is really brittle or my nails are brittle. And that could be a sign that you're protein deficient. But again, the main message of this episode is that protein is important, but it's not more important than the other macronutrients. And I think the easiest thing to do is to make sure that you get a little bit of protein with each meal so that you're not just eating carbs and you're just not eating protein and that you're not just eating fat, that you're getting a, a, like, a like a different composition of macronutrients when you're eating. And I don't even know how I feel about the whole like macros. Like I don't really count that. I just, I think when I first start seeing patients, I do try to get them away from the calories and focus a little bit more on the protein, but it gets tricky too, because I think it can be really confusing for women because if you're somebody who's always counted calories, then to transition to something that's like, look at my protein intake can be something that feels kind of weird. And ultimately, it's not like I want women, I don't want you to keep looking at your protein intake. I just want you to do it for about a week or two so that you can see where you kind of shake out and to make sure that you're in a place that you're getting enough protein per day and that you're not, you're not, you're not underdoing it and you're not overdoing it. And then knowing that if there's times in your life that maybe you have a disease state that requires more protein or if there's times when you're doing way more lifting to try to preserve that lean body mass, knowing that your protein intake may increase to help support that change in what you're doing. So again, the main message of this is to just make sure that you're getting protein with meals, that protein isn't like you need it in combination with other things. And this idea of just taking it one step at a time, just start to put a little bit of protein with your meals and then just kind of see how you feel. Because ultimately, like that's the way that you're going to start to gain confidence in what your body can do. That's the way you're going to start feeling like 
you're getting to know your body more because you're listening to it and you're listening to what it's telling you. Um, and so I would just start there, right? Just start to have a little bit of progress. And maybe the progress today is just kind of making sure that when you're thinking of your day at the very minimum, have a protein at lunch, have a protein at dinner, making sure that over time you have a variety of protein and you may actually need to put some protein in breakfast too, which I think is a lot harder to do. And if you're fueling and you're having a really tough workout, make sure that you eat within a couple hours to kind of help support um, recovery, have some carbohydrates and have some protein too, because you need both to be able to restore the glucose that's sitting in your cells. All right. So I hope that, well, in your muscle cells. So I hope um, I answered some questions and I hope it wasn't too confusing. If you have any questions, please email me at info at and I look forward to hearing from you and I'll see you guys back here next week.